We'd like to thank our sponsor, RK Distributing, and their license to create program from Embellish. Inspired by Hope Yoder and developed by RNK using the Embellish line of products. Their brand new Spring Sewing Summer Growing program will give you four months of 12 exclusive class projects and designs with a hosting license to create dealer near you. You'll create family heirlooms to last a lifetime. Visit license to create rnk.com for more information. Welcome to Sew and Tell, where sewists from fashion theater and indie sewing bring their different perspectives to the hottest topics in the sewing community. I'm Meg Healy. I'm Amanda Carestio. And I'm Kate Seinard. We have a very, very special guest today, Jenny Rushmore of Cashmerette Patterns. Welcome, Jenny. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Oh, so glad you're here. And you're going to join us for our discussion on the curvy sewing community and all things cashmere, as well as some recent and exciting changes. Then after that, we'll share some inspiration in our Sojo segment, and then we'll ask you to share something too. So welcome, everyone. How's everybody doing today? I think we're across four different time zones right now. <laughs> oh, wow. You're right. Yeah. That's kind of wild. Yeah. Wait, how four? Amanda and I are in the same time zone. Oh, Daisha. Oh, I guess our, Sorry, our, our producer is on a different time zone. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> our lovely producer. Yeah, but we have a UK. Jenny's in. You're in London right now, correct? I'm or currently no. in the Cotswolds, which is sort of oh. a bucolic countryside area outside London. Oh, that's how, oh, I wish sounds I was dreamy. there. <laughs> dreamy. It's very pretty and very boring. <laughs> I like that. I like that combo. It's definitely not the worst place to be in a pandemic. That's what I was exactly. saying. Oh, exactly. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. Oh, I can just picture it. All the movies that I've seen in the UK countries, I can just picture it oh, does no, literally lovely. look like that. I will say, and we have does like uh, red, red telephone boxes, thatch cottages. <gasps> in the summer, this guy wears a boater hat and a pink and white striped outfit and sells ice cream. Like it's the quintessential English village that I live in right now. <laughs> I wow. am so jealous. That sounds amazing. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well. Let's um let's jump in. I'm excited yeah. to chat today. Um, Jenny, you worked with our team um, a few years ago. You wrote the Curve Appeal column for So News. We were mm -hmm. so lucky to have you, um, but we haven't worked together since you've had your beautiful little daughter. And I wondered, how has life changed? Well... My life has changed an awful lot, I have to say. Um, not least that I'm living in the UK at the moment. Um, I'm obviously from the UK originally, as you can tell from right. the accent. But I've been right. living in Boston for 14 years, and I actually haven't wow. lived in the UK for 20. Um, so when the pandemic started, um, I'm a single mom, so I was running Cashmerette during my daughter's naps um, oh, with no wow. daycare and no help. So we decided, okay, we're going to scarf her. So it became sort of a pandemic returning immigrant to the UK. So on a on a daily on a daily basis right now, you know, it's a it's a very radically different life. Um but to be honest, I don't think I've been as grateful for running Cashmere as 
you know, even before, since I've had my right. daughter, um, yeah. the kind of work I used to do, which was very corporate, would have been really difficult with being a single parent. Um, but as it is, you know, I have a fantastic team in Boston and um, right. one person in Missouri. And it really enables me to, you know, do something I'm super passionate about, but on my own hours um, and work around my daughter. So if she's sick or if a fire yeah. engine comes into the village, I mean, that's not a time to work. That's a time to go and stand and wave at the firemen for a while. Exactly. So, um, it's, so it's, it's, it's been really good. Um, I certainly would say that I work much more intensely now. Um, I definitely used to like mess about a bit yeah I get into the office and be like oh maybe I'll do this maybe have a chat and now I I only get to work about four hours a day when she's with her grandparents and it's Uh like nose to the laptop the Uh entire time and then I feel like at the end I go (gasps) and then I go and have dinner and then I put it to bed (laughs) Yeah. yeah I definitely know that feeling I feel like having less time will definitely make you be more focused um with the time that you have so Cashmerette was one of the first pattern companies to focus on designs for plus size sewists. And when did you, uh, what's the official start date of Cashmerette? You guys have been so around we, for a while. Yeah, we launched our first pattern in October of 2015, which was the Appleton wow. Raptors. Right. I remember yeah. that one. Much mm. beloved. Um, and you are focusing on some new size ranges. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about that and a little bit about what motivated that change. Sure. So I started Cashmerette because, you know, I'm plus size myself and I came to sewing because I was like, okay, you know, maybe I can finally have clothes that fit me and actually reflect my style because I used to find that even if I could find flows that fit me in a shop, like I don't want to wear butterflies and cold shoulder tops, right? Like that wasn't (laughs) what I was after. So I thought, well, maybe sewing would um, solve that. But the problem was, especially back in 2010, when I started, there were almost no sewing pants that came in my size, which is kind of crazy because I'm about a sewing, I'm about a ready to wear 18 now. And at the time I was like a 14 and I would usually, I'd be the biggest size usually. And my boobs, I'm an H cup bra. They were never in it. So, um, you know, obviously there was a bit of a longer story there, but the end point is I thought, you know, I'm going to be the change I want to see in the world um, Mm. and I will do plus size patterns. And I won't just do that. I will do them in larger cup sizes because we found in um, the Curvy Sewing Collective, which I also Mm -hmm. co-founded, in the survey we ran for them, that actually more plus size women were an H cup bra than a B And yet the vast majority of sewing patterns were for a B cup. So the sizing and the cup sizing was sort of as important as the expansion. So, you know, we now have over 30 patterns. Um, There was a fantastic response, honestly, like immediately when we, when we launched, um, because I think people had been wanting this for so long. Now, what's been amazing is seeing the evolution of the market in the last five years. So when I started zero options. And when yeah. I launched Cashmerette, I think I maybe had one option, but I'm in like a size 26 in McCall's, which is, doesn't make any sense, but there you go. And often they don't even go to a 26. So like I couldn't even make big four patterns, but there's been huge movement. Um, and you know, so many props to so many sort of campaigners, because I really think that's what happened. I think partly mm-hmm. people saw Cashmerette, you know, we made some money. There must be some people there. So it might be worth expanding. But also lots and lots of people on social media were saying, like, I'm really excluded. And also the average woman in America is an 18. So if you oh, yeah. finish at an 18, that makes no sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Or if you say an 18 is your XXL, 
that's totally illogical. Like your M, your medium should actually be a size 18 because that's the average size of a woman in America. So now um, I, I actually saw the other day, there's an Instagram called the Curvy Pattern Database, and they're collecting like all the information about the different pattern companies. There are now over a hundred. And in 2010, there were zero as far as I was aware. So now there's over a hundred, which is fantastic. And what we found is that more and more also of the like popular indies have gone to like a broad pattern range, a broad size range. So like grain line studio, closet core patterns, true bias. And that's great. So then I was at the point, it's like, okay, well, what are we going to do? You know, where do we go from here? How do we grow? So the first thing I did is expand to a 32 because we started at a 28 and we went to a 32. And because we have the cup sizes, the bust size is more like sort of like a 36 in another patent company. And then we thought, well, what have we, what are we being consistently asked about? And since the very first day I launched, I was being asked about patents for smaller sewists with big boobs. Because the reality is, it is much easier to find a sewing pattern in a six than um, a 32, like no doubt. But there are literally, oh, actually, no, there's one other patent company I know of, Gertie, who does mm. um, big cup mm-hmm. sizes and small in small sizes. But apart from that, like there's pretty much no one else. So we started looking at it and thinking like, is this something that would be right for us to do? And, you know, what would it mean? And the more we researched it, the more we were like, it makes sense. Like, we know how to fit big boobs. We know what looks good. Um, we have this whole catalog of brands of, of patterns that already work. So yeah, that's what we decided to do. It was really important to me to do plus size first, you know, and like have that great right. that great base. Um, and the good news is for our for our current plus size customers is this is actually really great news because the more we're able to sell and the bigger we're able to go the company, like the more we're able to do. And we actually have a couple of like really big things coming up later in this year, which I'm not allowed to talk about, but Ah. really big (laughs) things, which have been sort of enabled by the fact that we're growing the business in this way. That is awesome. So excited for the end uh, end of the year. (laughs) I know. Good things. Um, I was wondering too, if you could speak a little bit about, I know that you are really you've obviously put a lot in of thought into this expansion. And one thing I noticed that you're doing is really you're expanding the community, but you're doing it in a really intentional way. And you're creating some different feeds that are kind of based on different sizing, Mm -hmm. um, which I just saw that that must be a pretty new thing. I think I saw that this morning on Instagram. (laughs) Um, Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Absolutely. So I was more than aware that when we announced we were going to zero to 32, that some people would be disappointed. And it was a difficult one, you know, like Mm -hmm. it it was something that required a lot of thought and analysis and also discussion of the team about like, what, how can we do our absolute most for our existing customers who are like Mm -hmm. the heart of Cashmeret? And also how can we stay always plus size first, right? So almost every other brand is straight size first and plus size an afterthought. But we're not like we're not going to be like that. We're plus size at our heart, and the straight size is the afterthought, right? Um, so we were kind of thinking about like what could we do for people who it's really important to them to sort of stay in a safe space of plus size sewists. And I totally understand why. Like for a long time, I curated my Instagram feed to only see larger bodies like mine, and it had a huge impact on like my self confidence and also on like having an accurate self-representation of my body, you know, like it's very easy mm-hmm. to like have a, dis, um, like a 
a weird, like inaccurate view of what you look like. And I found the more I looked at plus size people, the more I'd like got a, a much more positive one and a much more accurate idea. So we were, we discussed as a team, like in great detail, like what could we do in different platforms to make sure that people who currently really value us for that, you know, have the option to continue. So as you alluded to on Instagram, our main account will now be, you know, our main account. It will show from zero to 32, although with a bias towards plus sizes still. But we also set up an Instagram called um, Cashmeret 12 to 32. And on that one, it's exactly the same content, but only seeing models and sewists who who are 12 or bigger. So if you want to only do that, you can. And on that one, if we come, when we come out with a new pattern that's zero to 32, we'll announce it, but you'll only see the bigger models. You won't see mm. the smaller models. We won't repost smaller sewists there. On the zero to 32 one, you'll see everything. We did get the question, well, why don't you set up a new one just for straight size? So why don't you make this one plus size mm. and another one that's zero to 16? And this is where like, I sort of get a bit into like, you know, like justice issues. I think personally that smaller people should see plus size people all the time. I think that they should see them looking gorgeous and confident and happy. And I think that there isn't enough Uh representation of plus size bodies just generally in the media. So I think it's actually really important for them to not be over in a corner and to constantly have this reinforcement of like, there's this whole kaleidoscope of people. But it's a little bit different when you're plus size, right? Like it's a group that Mm -hmm. experiences huge discrimination all the time and huge pressure to look different. Straight size people do not get the same pressure to look different constantly. I'm not saying you can't have body image issues when you're smaller. Like, of course Uh you can, or like have challenges fitting, but it's not the same like pervasive societal like pressure. So that's why Mm -hmm. we felt like that was the right thing to do. On the newsletter, we now have options and you can pick what you want to see. So the same thing's going to happen. You can just get newsletters of people who look like you if you're plus size. In our Facebook community groups, we have two groups as well. And then on our website, you're going to be able to filter just for um, the patterns in your size. So we're trying to do our absolute most. I know at the end of the day, there will be some people who still feel disappointed. And you know, I'm really sorry about that. Like I understand why they feel disappointed and I realize that it's just because they love the brand so much. So in a way, you know, it's sort of a flattering thing that they love it. And, and I'd feel bad about the fact that, you know, not a hundred percent of people feel awesome, but I will say 99% of the feedback we've had (laughs) has been overwhelmingly positive, both from the new straight size people who'll be able to fit in, but also from a lot of plus size people who are like, well, I have a friend, she's a 10 and she's a GH bus. And I'm so excited to be able to sew for her. Or, you know, my mom has been ogling what you do forever, but she's a two with really big boobs. Like now she can join in. So I'm very positive about it. I think they'll always, you know, change is always a bit difficult, right. but we're, we're doing our most to try and be as thoughtful as we can. And ultimately the proof's in the pudding. Some people have said to me, well, how do I know you'll continue to prioritize plus size? Or what if you don't? And all I can say to that is, you could just trust me for a little bit. You'll see that it's true. Like I'm plus size. I care passionately about this topic. You're going to see that that continues to be the core of our company. Right so thoughtful and i mean i i love that i i can definitely see how change would be hard for for folks in that community but i also think that i mean i love the starting place which was to be more inclusive to this otherwise kind of forgotten community of sewists who are those smaller sizes but have the bus fitting issues um as well so i don't know 
Um, that's, that's pretty inspiring though, the way that you're approaching it and how thoughtful you are about it. Um, you talked a little bit about kind of how the curvy sewing landscape has changed. And, um, I know that this is, I, I feel like, um, on the, the, folks who were predominantly releasing straight size patterns. I I feel like this past year has really, a lot of people have been spending time going back to their patterns, Mm -hmm. regrading them. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, it's really been exciting to see the amount of energy that has been placed on that. Um, And I wondered, you know, do you feel like things are generally better now? What kind of, um, what kind of issues are you still seeing? Where where can the sewing community as a whole still do better? Yeah, so I think there's been fantastic progress. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not perfect. I mean, in a perfect world, every pattern would be available in every size, and it isn't. But, I mean, the, the, the difference between now and 2010 right. is like, you know, night and day. There's still room. I mean, one obvious thing is patterns for larger plus sizes. So... Unless you're like a custom draft, you know, type of program, like algorithmic program that uh, creates sewing patterns, the numbers, you have to pick a top size, right? So even if your top size was a 50, someone will be a 52. But at the moment, there's sort of a cluster, there's a sort of an end point around 28 to 32. And, you know, there are plenty of people who are bigger than a 32 and and people who don't fit in cashmere as well. So I think, you know, that is certainly an opportunity. There are a couple of brands. I mean, Connie Crawford is like the famous one who's done bigger Mm -hmm. sizes for a long time. Um, But, you know, again, like, you know, plus size people like every style. Right. Right. So like Connie Crawford is one style, but that doesn't mean like, well, hooray, everyone's fine. You know, just make Connie Crawford. Like, no, like maybe that's not what you're into. Um, Munner and Broad came out and they had, Mm -hmm. they have a great, um, sizing system that goes a couple of sizes beyond us now as well. Um, and also some companies are offering to grade up if you need a bigger size, which I think is also like a really cool thing. Um, there are still key pattern companies that are very prominent and well-known who haven't expanded into true plus sizes. So, you know, there's still progress to be made there. Um, And I do think, you know, one thing that's incredibly important is the quality. So you can't just grade up sort of blindly, you know, you really Mm -hmm. do need to like develop a different block and understand. And so for instance, like, you know, there are sewists of all cup sizes. So obviously there are plus size sewists who are like an A cup or B cup, like loads of them. That's me. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but but sometimes like you you'll see like really gigantic shoulders. I mean, I had that problem in a lot of big four patterns, honestly. Like mm-hmm. they assumed I was six foot seven, that I had like incredibly long, Super arms, long arms, that I'm like exactly. a linebacker. And that's basically from like, you know, not very high quality grading, to be perfectly honest, right. or like not using blocks in the appropriate way. So I think quality is still really important. The final thing I'd say, and this is actually more to sewing pattern designers is that the way you communicate about it is really important. And I keep on seeing people getting tripped up by this and it actually just happened this week again. Um, as it happens, I guess this is an exclusive for you guys. I'm writing an ebook right now. (laughs) I haven't finished it yet. I'm writing an ebook, um, for sewing pattern designers who want to go into bigger sizes. Um, sort of just giving them my advice because I advise people behind the scenes all the time. Um, but I thought, you know what, I will capture it in one place and talk about it. And there's a huge chunk about communications. Mm -hmm. And here I think is the issue. If you are not plus size yourself, 
it's very likely that there's a lot of stuff that you just don't know, but you also don't feel in your gut about what it's like to be plus size. And I think there are parallels, right? Like, let's just say um, I'm not disabled, but if I wanted to do stuff for disabled sewists, like, I wouldn't assume that I understood what it was like yeah. to be disabled, right? Mm-hmm. I would be like, I need to work with someone disabled to figure this right. out. Well, um, you know, and there's all kinds of like parallels I could think of, right? Just like an identity that you're not. Like if I did men's patterns, like I'm not a man. I don't, I don't know what like cisgender men want to wear. You know, I would work with them. And I think there's this problem sometimes where straight size uh, sewing pattern designers are like, we'll go into plus size and they don't really they don't really work with plus size people like either on their team or as consultants. And what they don't understand is like what it's like to be plus size and have been excluded for so long. And I have full sympathy because if it's a lot of work to expand your sizing, right? And so there's a, there's a tendency sometimes for them to say like, Hey guys, we're expanding. It's, I mean, it's so much work, but we're doing it for you. It's really hard guys. It's really hard. Well, the reality, the, the, you know, people are not going to be positive to that. It's like, you're basically telling me that my body's hard. You're basically mm-hmm. telling me like, oh, it's so much work. Like, look what I'm doing for you. Think about it. No one wants to be told that, you know, like, of course not. And it might be true. This is the thing. Like, it's not that I'm saying it isn't true. Like right. you might find it hard. Although I will point out drafting for plus sizes isn't hard if you know how to do it. What they're actually saying is that they don't know how to do it and they're learning a new thing. For me, Drafting for straight sizes is really hard. Like, I kid you not, like, we found it really difficult doing it, but it's not because straight size bodies are inherently difficult. It's just because we haven't done it before. Right. right? So, mm-hmm. I think that's like a, a really big thing because what I think is just really sad is that sometimes sewing pattern companies are doing a great size expansion, right. but then because of the way it's talked about, you know, they get a lot of negativity. And I'm sure yeah. that they're like, well, why did I bother? You know, I tried to do mm-hmm. it. You said you wanted it. Now I'm getting like criticized publicly. And there is a way to avoid that. So that's part of what I'm I'm trying to do and sort of communicating to, to straight size designers. Like, you know, this is how it works. And there are totally ways to do it where people are going to be really positive. Like one that immediately springs to mind is Helen's Closet. Um, and Hel- Helen Wilkinson, she did a great job of expanding to bigger sizes in like a really considered and like sensitive way. Um, and so she's like sort of proof it can be done really, really well. Mm-hmm. That sounds like it's great. Such, it's going to be such a good resource. That's amazing. That's, I know. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, it, I appreciate so much that you spent so much time developing this knowledge base, but I've also seen you out there trying to help people with, at, with these issues as they come up with the communication and then obviously putting together this resource for people. So um, that's really amazing that you're kind of pushing us and helping us move forward as a sewing community. I think that's mm-hmm. awesome. We'd again like to thank our sponsor, RNK Distributing, and their license to create program from Embellish, inspired by Hope Yoder. And I'm so excited to talk to her later. She's going to tell us all about this really cool program. You get four months worth of 12 projects to create heirlooms for your household that just last a lifetime. Truly embellish your world and your home, and you can just learn so much while doing it. Oh, yeah. Lots of good information and um, new techniques. Currently, they're offering the spring sewing and summer growing program, which is springy and summery and filled with green and plants and bicycles and just all sorts of things that make you think (laughs) about that time of year. But then 
they're going to change that program as they move forward in the seasons. So you can look forward to a similar situation with future boxes. There's a one-time buy-in for this awesome box that gets you this exclusive project kit. And the kit itself is worth over $900. But if you go to a hosting embellished retailer, you can actually get it for like less than half of that. So it's a really great opportunity to get all these really neat products and new things that you're going to learn. So make sure to look for their ads in Creative Machine Embroidery Magazine and Classic Sewing for chances to win a free membership in the Spring and Summer License to Create program. To learn more about this amazing program, visit licensetocreaterank.com for more information and to get your box. So stay tuned after the show. When you um, when you wrote for So News, your focus was on fit, and I feel like people um, there's still some of us who do a lot of sewing without making muslins first, and just jump in and cut our fabric and just go willy nilly and make mistakes and try to figure it out later. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like the sewing community as a whole online um, and on Instagram in particular, I'm seeing a lot more people kind of get into these nuanced fitting explorations and, you know, muslin making five times over as they work to kind of, um, you know, conquer some of these fitting issues um, and find solutions for themselves. So I wondered, are you, are there, what are the common adjustments that you see people still kind of real struggling, still struggling with? I think the number one thing people struggle with is knowing what adjustments they need to make. Yeah. So I think like when you start and you make something and you're like, it doesn't fit, you're like, but how? Like if it's just a bit too small or a bit too big, that's quite obvious, right? But if, you know, it's pinching in your like upper armpit area, well, what do you have to do? Do you go up a size? Do you change the sleeve? Do you change above the boob? Like, it's very hard to figure that out. Um, and that's actually, we have an online workshop called Fitting for Curves. And um, it's been very popular. And one of the reasons why is because I literally wear things that don't fit very well. And I mm-hmm. show you like, see this here? That's what this yeah. means. See this here? That's what this means. And then I sh- do the adjustment. And then I show you afterwards when it fits. And that's the bit where we've had people saying like, oh, that's the aha, because people will be like, well, I've heard about a full bust adjustment, but how do I know I need it? And sometimes there's a way of doing it like sort of mathematically, right? You look at your numbers, you look at the numbers of the chart, but the easiest thing to do actually is make a muslin, put it on and then learn basically how to, you know, read what needs to be done. Um, by far the most common adjustment in the plus size community is a full bust adjustment. Mm-hmm. Um, not on cashmerette because we cover like at least 90% of people on that front. Um, but for other brands, it's incredibly common. More plus size women are an H cup than a B cup. So if they're making B cup patterns, they're going to be having right. to do big full bust adjustments. Um, and the FBA is a sort of interesting one. Like in some senses, it's quite an advanced adjustment. Like it's a lot more than just grading between sizes or making a waist bigger. Um, but it is something that you can master. You know, you need to learn like how you do it for like a darted pattern versus a woven, sorry, versus mm-hmm. a non-darted or a knit. But there is a lot of information available. Like, as I mentioned in my workshop, we have free blog posts as well. Um, but that's the one that I see people needing to make most often. And that's the one I think that's transformational because if you've had big boobs, there's a very good chance that your entire life, you have never worn clothes that fit you well. 
um, unless they were stretchy. Um, that was certainly me. And I think, you know, for many people, and I've seen this in workshops I've taught in person, um, there's this moment of revelation and they'll say things mm-hmm. like, I literally thought I couldn't wear a button down shirt because that's the funny, and yeah. that's the funny thing that they blame their bodies, right? Like they think, right. well, my body means that, right? but the reality is, and I've said this, like I could make a button down shirt to fit a mouse or to fit a blue whale right? Like there are no dimensions that a button down shirt can't fit. Like you just have to make the pattern right and buy enough fabric. Like anyone can wear anything. Um, but it can be a very profound realization actually for people who feel that, you know, their body didn't fit the mold that shops told them they had to fit in. Like we're all in a factory made, um, to suddenly realize actually every option is an option, you know, not just this little segment over here, but like you can make literally anything in any style in any fabric you want um and i went through that too like i thought for a long time like people with my body shape can't wear leather jackets and it was years before i was like oh yes i can if it comes in my size and it fits me well so for me like i think learning to sew is like you know fantastic but i think learning to fit yeah is really quite profound That makes a lot of sense. I know it's so, it's so funny how when you start sewing, I mean, I think you can kind of perpetuate these things, but you also realize kind of the rules that you've made for yourself Mm. about how you dress and what you can and can't wear. And I like, even though I feel like I've got a good relationship with my body and I've got a good sense of my style, I still you know, hit up against those rules every now and then. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, why, why do I think that I can't do that? That's just, yeah. I don't know. It's, um, those, I those think messages. there's lots of, there's lots of examples of that. Like I thought right. I couldn't tuck in tops for yeah. like, you know, the first 30 years of my life. And what I didn't realize <laughs> is that if your pants or your skirts fit you well, then yeah, can, I mean, obviously right. anyone can do anything, but like, you know, it, it then, it then works. Um, but you've got to sort of just know about like proportion and fit together. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Meg, I know you had a couple of questions as well. Yes. I was just, just even, um, my questions kind of evolved now from hearing uh, this great conversation and what you've had to say, Jenny, just in terms of, I've seen you've had calls in the past for fit models and Mm -hmm. do you use any direct, and now that has me questioning, for these pattern companies trying to expand site, like what are the dress form? Like those must be limited too, right? These companies that even make dress forms for these larger sizes. Like uh, I'm just wondering, I guess your uh, comparison between using, you know, dress forms and fit models. Yeah. Um, with your experience with that. Yeah. So um, it's actually a very ongoing question for us <laughs> at the moment, especially because I'm currently in the UK and everyone right. else is in America. Right. So, um, you know, I have historically been, um, well, again, it's actually an interesting one, right? I am not the exact 18 or exact 20 of Cashmere. Yeah. I'm between the 18 and 20. Um, we have used me a lot, but what we do is we sort of bear in mind I'm not the perfect size, right? So uh-huh. like I'm the 18 GH in the top, but my waist is between a 20 and a 22. Um, so we don't fit things precisely to me because then the waist would be too big. It does mean that we have slightly generous waists, which I think most people appreciate. Um, but we also have an Alvaform um, mannequin from Alvanon in a size 18. Okay. Now it's a it's great. And I would say that from my perspective of all the plus size mannequins that I have seen and researched, it's the best one. 
But okay. one, it's eye-wateringly expensive, especially when you count the $2,000 shipping charge <gasps> wow. from China. Wow. So you're looking at four or $5,000 for one of oh. those mannequins, um, which I invested in at the very beginning of Cashmeret. So, you know, that's paid off now. But <laughs> whew, that's hard. Um, and also, it's not ideal because, like, okay, it's better than normal mannequins. There's a slightly yeah. forward shoulder. It has a marginally squishy tummy, although in a sort of, like, plus-size model, you know, beach, you know, swim model kind of way. Like, not really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the arms are not great. And, you know, it doesn't sit down. It doesn't move around. It doesn't tell you how <laughs> things move. So I think, you know, I would be very reluctant to only fit on a mannequin. I mean, I think that actually would be, like, a really bad idea. Um, but having one and also having fit models is important. Um, the other thing is, you know, we use, um, pattern testers, uh, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes multiple rounds before we go out to, to, um, market and we use people, you know, across our size range and we pay them. So it is an investment. Yeah. Um, but that also, is really great because, you know, as you guys know, you can have the exact same measurements as someone else and actually have a really different body shape. Mm-hmm. Um, so we need to sort of always be understanding, like we need to hit a good average. Um, one thing that's kind of interesting at the moment, um, we're developing a blazer and we've been doing behind the scenes posts. We decided that we would show people basically how hard it is, um, to develop a sewing pattern and especially a difficult one. And, I think some people have been a little bit taken aback by the realization that there is no such thing as the perfect fit of a sewing pattern. There's, there could be the perfect fit on me, right. Jenny Rushmore, but no one else in the entire world has the exact body of me. I am a special snowflake. And so therefore, what that actually <laughs> means when you go to testing is it's not does it look perfect on everybody because it can't by definition. By absolute definition, it cannot look good on every person in the test. What you're going for is an average. If, it's, yeah. if, the, sleeve is t- if the sleeve is twisting on everyone, you've got a problem. You need to yeah. change that sleeve. Mm-hmm. But we often get the feedback. Half the people will tell us the bodice is too long and half the people will tell us the bodice is too short. To which so- my answer is probably okay. Right? Like, (laughs) it's probably in the middle. Or, you know, one person, you know, we have it in the blazer. We're doing a third round of testing. I can't even remember how many rounds of testing now. We're doing another round of testing at the moment. And one person is saying um, the apex is just way, way too high. Okay, maybe. Let's see what everyone else is saying. Right? Right. And then the next person came in and said it was a little bit low. Um, So that's why you have to really... You know, you have to try different people and you have to kind of like see where you're getting to and get, you know, a good average, basically, Um, Mm -hmm. which I think some people, you know, it sort of messes with the head a bit. It's like, oh, I thought you were going for perfect, but there is no perfect. Like you're going for the best thing that's going to fit as many people decently as possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Likely there are going to still be some changes that you have to make to fit your unique body. Yeah. I mean, the ultimate thing is to try and find a patent company where the underlying mm-hmm. block is close to your body, right? And right, it is funny right. because we have a couple of like mega fans who make everything we make <laughs> and um, they all look so similar to me, like so similar. And some of them have the exact same measurements as me and some of them are like bigger or smaller, but I look at them and it's like, that's my body. Like that's my proportions. Yeah, yeah. And so as a result, everything looks amazing on them. But of course, you know, that's <laughs> like a small percent of the population. So I know like one of my, um, one of my team finds true bias, like fits her precisely. So everything she makes from true bias fits her. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you do have, you're very lucky and you win the jackpot and you find a company that just perfectly fits you. 
I mean, that is kind of the amazing thing about having so many indie designers to choose from that you really kind of can. I mean, thinking about how it used to be when you would just, you know, go get your paper envelope from the store and the the amount of options that you have now um, between style and also fit, Mm -hmm. Um, because everybody does have those those nuances. Um, I'm glad you mentioned your blazer pattern because I've been watching, um, I've been seeing the updates on Instagram about that. And that does seem like... That's like an, a heroic process. I mean, I, I think that um, I think it's going to be well worth it. And I, I'm sure that um, people are going to be happy with it. And um, I wondered if there were any other, you mentioned a couple that it's going to be a big year. Is there anything else, any other tidbits, sneak peeks you can give us before we let you go today? Well, this year we're actually doing the four most requested things we've ever had all in one year. So nice. um, last month or in January, we launched the um, Upton Mix and Match Expansion Pack because since mm-hmm. day one of the Upton, one of our most successful patterns ever, um, we've had people asking for sleeves. So we decided to go all out. So we did princess sleeves. We had seven different sleeve options, new wow. new neckline options, new skirt options, new waistline. And, um, and actually, I just told the team today that um, – Last month was our most successful month ever, except for having a sale. So people really, really love that. So the blazer is another one. Yep, yep, Um, yep, yep. Our smaller size range is another one. Um, And I'm super excited that the first thing we're coming out with on that is the Appleton dress because it's our classic and what we're known for. Mm -hmm. So that's the first one coming out there. And we'll have a handful more. And... And then we're working on another couple of things. And I guess I'll give you another exclusive. Why not? Um, One of the other big things we're working on is woven trousers. So just saying that sends shivers down my spine. (laughs) Because if if you think fitting a blazer is hard, fitting woven trousers and getting a good good average for people. And in the past, you know, we've done jeans, stretch jeans, much easier. And we've done very wide leg pants. Also much easier. But this time we are doing a like suitable for work, classic, yeah, trousers. Um, We have, I will say it's very exciting. So almost all plus size women, and I would venture to say probably all, and in fact, many others spread when we sit down, right? So when I'm standing up, my waist is, I don't know, 41 inches. And when I sit down, I think it's like 44 inches or something like that, right? And that makes woven trousers really hard to wear and fit because if they fit me standing up, they dig in when I'm sitting down, or if they if they fit me sitting down, they will be around my ankles when I stand up. Um, and traditionally, you know, you say, well, use elastic or do a stretch. Well, we have found through lots of research a very cool mechanism that typically was used in men's trousers, but we think we can figure it out for women's trousers um, that will basically there's no visible elastic, there's no ruching, there's no gathering, but will allow your pants to expand when you sit down invisibly. So I'm very excited about that. We're sort of tackling the instructions now because, you know, there is no like guidebook to how you construct Mm -hmm. things like this. Um, But we're really excited about it. So that's, we have other things coming up, but those are, those are the big things this year. That sounds magical and mysterious. It it kind of is. Yeah. It is mysterious. (laughs) I love it. I'm so intrigued. I know. Now I'm just, I I feel like when I can go shopping again into stores, I just want to go to the men's and like look inside. (laughs) What's crazy to me is that like (laughs) women actually spread out much more than men do, right? Like we we have much more like fat deposits on our lower bodies. So like why are men men getting the innovations, right? Like it's the same as why, why do men get like so many more gradations and sizes 
patronizing than women do in stores. I mean, it makes no mm. sense. The patriarchy. That's the answer. Exactly. <laughs> I know. Like shopping for a suit, you have so many options yeah. for lengths. And wh- it's like you, you can really. But women are all five. five foot five, according to the <laughs> right. shops. Right. Oh, your insight is just truly inspired. Like you are it just a, a fit knowledge, like inspiration. It's like it's been such a joy hearing you, hearing you talk about all of this. Absolutely. Oh yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, Jenny. I I feel like, as I mentioned, I feel like you've been such a good resource for this community, yeah. a good inspiration for this community, and um, yeah, I can't I can't wait for your very big year. Sounds like Thank you very much. Exciting. Yeah. Lots of work. Exciting, luck. but we'll get there. Thank you right. so much for having me on, guys. This was lots of fun. Oh, Thanks, anytime. Come back anytime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, watch watch <laughs> out. I'll actually come back every week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We are to my favorite point in the show where we talk about our sojo or our sewing inspiration. So let's just go around the table and Kate, do you mind starting us off? Oh, no, not at all. Um, <laughs> I'm actually really, really full of Sojo today. Yeah, um, good, yay! <laughs> We're so excited. <laughs> I know. Um, so uh, I had been talking before about um, making a pair of overalls, and um, I had to kind of pause on my current project, which is a pieced tamarack jacket, because I needed, I was uh, doing machine embroidery for my quilting and my machine was having trouble. So I took it in to be serviced. And so it's Mm. out for a bit. So in the meantime, I picked up some uh, linen rayon blend um, in a dark teal. It reminds me a lot about of the uh, famous Burnside bibs that we featured mm-hmm. in an episode, uh, an episode, an issue of mm-hmm. Creative Machine Embroidery a few uh, years ago. And so they're all cut out. They're all um, the edges are surged. And as soon as I am finished recording today, I am getting on those overalls, and I am so excited. Wait, which pattern are you using? Um, I'm using the Greer jumpsuit pattern oh, from no. um, Hey June Handmade, which has a view that's overalls. So, oh my gosh, that is so exciting! I'm, what color I'm, is or is the fabric? It's like dark teal. <gasps> oh, that's going to be pretty. I think so. Um, that ties into my sojo because I just finished making some overalls. Um, out of a tablecloth, <laughs> but yes. they're awesome. I haven't taken pictures yet, but I will. But I am totally team overalls, especially for this time of year. Like mm-hmm. I, it's a good. I mean, you can still make it cozy, and then, but if you, especially if you're using like a linen or you know tablecloth, you can <laughs> make them work for you all the way into the summer. Yeah. Um. So my sojo is definitely overalls, but. I just found out about this event that is going to happen later on this month in the Denver area. And it's a roller skate disco event. And I haven't really decided if I'm full on going yet. Uh, But I've already been thinking about what outfit I would make. And that is getting me through. So so many options. You need to make sure that you make a like coordinating mask. Oh, yeah, exactly. With some fringe or sequins or stuff. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. Oh, my gosh. you, Meg? Fringe mask. That would be so <laughs> funny. <laughs> you would know what it feels like to have a beard. 
<laughs> exactly. I, I love it. Well, actually, speaking of overalls, I also like, and how Jenny was mentioning Helen's Closet, I bought two um, patterns from Helen's Closet this weekend. The Avery leggings, which I have ready to cut out in this, in the spandex I've been holding on to that I got in New York on our honeymoon. I've been saving it and I just thought I'm making the Avery leggings with it. And I've also got the um, their Yanta overalls. So mm-hmm. I I really want to make some overalls too. How did we all just get I, um, the overalls wavelength? I, <laughs> well, for me, it was uh, talking about um, fitting pants a right. couple of episodes ago. And I was like, I don't want to. What's a way that I can make pants where I don't have to fit them very closely? Um, and actually my mom yesterday, she's like, why are you making overalls? And I'm like, because I don't have to fit the waist. Yeah, and you don't have to wear anything on your waist, which is the built real in, beauty of it. Built-in suspenders. Yep, yes, exactly. exactly. Yeah, that's, that's oh. really funny. The Yanta, the Yanta overalls were um, on my list of possibilities. Mm-hmm. So good. Um, yeah, so. And yeah. may still happen. We'll see. <gasps> that would, oh, my gosh. We Next episode, we're just all recording in our overalls. Just comfy. Deal. <laughs> I like Deal. it. Deal, deal. Um, so let's hop into our now so and tell segment. And last episode's question was, what are your sewing goals for 2021? They might be overalls like ours. Exactly. <laughs> all we got overalls all the time. All overalls, yes. Um, on Instagram, we heard from In Making 12, who said, my goal for this year is to sew my own style wardrobe and uh-huh. share my sewing and pattern making knowledge via this making journey. I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. Finding yeah. it's like finding your own style yeah. and then also sharing that out because it that can be such an, an empowering and beautiful moment. So that's that's lovely goal. A plus. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> we also heard from our good friend at Sadie Sadie Fox Studio. Hi Sadie. Hi, Sadie. Who said <laughs> my sewing goals this year are based in practicality. Undies, socks, comfy bottoms, and all season tops. I absolutely loved the idea you mentioned in the episode about using fabric from your stash for the Make Nine Challenge. I might have to incorporate that into my goals as well. Thanks for keeping me company while I create. Aww. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> and lastly, we heard from River Tywin Designs, and they said to learn how to use my serger and to insert a zipper in brackets. Zippers are my kryptonite. Mm. And I, when I first read this, I thought that they said how to use my serger to insert a zipper. <laughs> and I wow. Was, wow, that is quite next the goal. Level. <laughs> next level. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. But yeah. Even I still struggle with zippers. I would, I need to work on my, especially those like a lap zipper. I can't remember the last lap zipper. So, but I do like them. I need to expand from my invisible. I need to bring my zippers out into the world. world. Love it. Yeah. Well, that was such a fun episode. I loved talking with Jenny. I'm so glad she could join us. And I'm loving how we're all in the overall train. Totally. Hey, Meg, don't forget to um, ask this week's So and Tell question. Oh, my gosh. I did that again, didn't I? <laughs> oh, and we don't even... Okay, let me... <laughs> and this week's question is... <laughs> I... I... This is... This has happened many times before. I just closed it out without asking the question because we still still answer it. And we want to know what 
fit issues have you conquered or what are you still struggling with? So going in with our conversation with Jenny, you know, I definitely want to work on some, you know, my fitting skills and, you know, Mm -hmm. she really inspired me to hone in a little bit more on that and break out my design rulers more Mm -hmm. often. She is such an inspiring lady. I I feel like she's been such a positive force in this community and such a great resource. And I don't know, I'm, I'm fired up after talking to her. Me (laughs) too. I love Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. I'm definitely going to be grabbing that, uh, that dress pattern as soon (laughs) as it's ready in all the sizes. And yeah, it's great. Exactly. Well, that was great convo, you guys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Till next time. Next Next time. time. Happy stitching, y'all. All right. We have Hope Yoder with here today. Welcome, Hope. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here, you guys. You're one of my favorite podcasts of all time. Really? Yes. <laughs> it's a great way to piece together quilts when you're thinking, oh, I'd rather be long arming, right? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm saying right, but I really I, I'm I, I don't know. <laughs> into quilting. <laughs> it's my it's my goal one day for sure. I'll have enough scraps by by then to make a million kill wilts. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. So first off, just tell us a little bit about yourself, Hope, and when did you start sewing and creating? I started sewing when I was in high school. I had was forced to take a home ec class. <laughs> and I went to a small rural, rural school that had about, oh, 60 people in the graduating class. And, you know, home ec was learning to cook, learning to sew, you know, keeping care of your home. And I made the (laughs) ugliest dress ever. And I wish I had that dress to this day because I would show everybody my first attempt and tell everybody, don't give up. Mm -hmm. And with that, they made us wear what we sewed (gasps) to school. It was humiliating. And I can remember saying to my friends out loud, I will never, ever sew. I don't like this. Hello, look at me today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, that kind of just went by the wayside. I didn't do anything until I got married. And then I decided I wanted to learn to sew. And a dental assistant, I was a hygienist, and a dental assistant um, had an old machine that she made quilts. And she said, I'll teach you. And she did. And I was hooked. And I made a career out of it. And um, I'm, I mean, there's nothing better than making a career out of the thing you love the most, the hobby. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah, I, I think I think everybody on this uh, podcast at the moment can agree with that one. Like living the dream. Yeah, I, for I, sure. I, I can't get over what good motivation it is to actually wear the thing that you first made. And it was not motivating <laughs> at, at all. But I, I over, I'm an overcomer. Yes. <laughs> that's just, oh, that's amazing. It was a good way to build up thick skin. Let's just say mm-hmm. that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, so speaking of, real quick, um, since we're all in quarantine and enjoying that right now, have you picked up any new hobbies or crafts yeah. during that time? I have actually, I love to sew and then quilt. So a year Uh and a half ago, I bought a long arm quilting machine and my children moved out and 
two days later, I had the room painted and the machine was moved in. So <laughs> that hurt them a little bit, but they're recovered. No, they actually are enjoying the quilts I've made. But then I also got into laser. So now I have a laser and I do all kinds of laser um, crafts. I went from digital cutting to lasering. So I guess I'm a jack of all trades. You know, I don't know that I've mastered many of them, but mm-hmm. I'm sure having a lot of fun. I think that's the most important thing. It is. I don't think there should be any rules in sewing or embroidery. It's just whatever makes you happy. And I quilt Mm -hmm. right over machine embroidery designs and I'm having a ball. (laughs) Amazing. And speaking of all that fun crafting and quilting and sewing, let's just talk a little bit about this new Embellish License to Create box. Can you tell us a little bit about this? Oh, I can. We have been working. We have a team of the most amazing designers that have been creating projects and embroidery designs and software lessons for the consumer. And we're getting ready to launch it in a few weeks. And so what this is, especially now that we're at home, it's a big box full of materials from Embellish, which is a division of R&K Distributing. Um, We have crafty products, sewing, threads, stabilizers. So all of those products will be in the box along with videos um, and instructions to make some beautiful projects. And there's 12 of them in there with bonus designs. And so it's kind of like having a whole virtual year of events in one box. Oh my gosh, that sounds so cool. So give us some examples of what kind of um, yeah. what kind of projects are in there. Well, I'm going to use the term like tongue in cheek. They're kind of outside of the box, even though they come in a box. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> Do you like it? A little quirky. But um, you know, there's so many people that have just started sewing in the last year with all the oh, yeah. changes, mm-hmm. and a lot of them were finding are you know they've made masks out of necessity. Some of them even started sewing masks when they're young entrepreneurs. So with this, we've created um, different varieties of projects that are easy enough for a beginner, but interesting enough for a seasoned sewer. Mm. And so one of the things that I love that's so unique is, you know what shiplap is? Shiplap board, like oh, yes. do, like if you watch Fixer Upper and yeah. Chip and Joanna oh, Games, my I favorite show good, ever. I was watching Good Bones last night, that one. Oh, I love that. Yes. Well, well, Shiplap is old board that they paint and it just has so much charm and character. Well, one of the projects is a Shiplap board, but you can pick up at a hobby store. And then we created an embroidery 3D design with a light lace envelope with flowers coming out of it. And it's in a wooden hoop and it's a mini quilt that's mounted to a shiplap board. Doesn't that sound cool? So yeah, it's not, that, yeah. that's so, so cool. So that's one of them that I, I just think is so different and u- unique. Another one is basket weaving. Okay, have either of you tried basket weaving? I don't think so. I think I've um, done it with bacon before. Do a bacon weave. (laughs) Well, there's no bacon in the box, but now I'm hungry. (laughs) But bacon, that is not what I expected either of you to say. No, I know. But but bacon. Okay, or pie crust. Yes, but I know. Now we're all going to have bacon tonight. But um, I took a basket weaving class when I first started um, as a dental hygienist. The doctor's wife was into basket weaving. And I tried it, and I think she said, you'll be better off cleaning teeth. But (laughs) anyway, (laughs) for this, we actually have this amazing product called R&K Cork Fabric. Mm -hmm. 
And we cut it into strips and we weave a basket out of this very soft and flexible material. And then we do machine embroidered over, uh, embroidery over it. And what's really cool about that is there's a video step-by-step showing you how to lay the strips out and how to weave it so you can weave along with us. And so that's a little bit different. That sounds interesting. That sounds really cool. I love working with cork fabric and I like embroidering it too. So that one sounds right up my alley. While you were saying that, I was thinking of Kate because she talks about cork fabric a lot in the podcast. And and I remember seeing that image when I was scrolling through the the projects is that it's like a little basket that you can organize the cork woven basket. It's so cute. It's and it, it is. And it's really different. And you can hold mask. You yeah. can hold, I mean, you could even put a little planter in there. It's fully lined. So it's very mm-hmm. botanical, fresh for spring or um, for the summer. Uh, another project that I absolutely adore is there's a bicycle pillow and it's called mm-hmm. Enjoy the Journey. Mm-hmm. And this has cork on the bottom and um, heat transfer foil from embellish that if you have a digital cutter, you can add some text in a shiny foil. And if you don't have a cutter, we give you an embroidery design to use in its place. But what's really fun about that is cork. Did you know that you can embroider with it and you can quilt with it and you can sew over it? And so we made this collage background that I think would be really fun for your husband or your children, older children that can handle scissors. They can get involved by taking um, fabric and they just kind of cut in waves all these little pieces and then they're fused down to our really soft batting. And then you quilt over it, just straight stitch. And it shouldn't be straight. It should be organic and it should have, you know, just different lines going back and forth. And then we add some embroidery over it. And I know you guys saw that pillow. What did you think of it? It was really unique. Mm -hmm. It's very different. I loved that little bicycle and the cork. So I don't know that I have a favorite project, but I think that they're going to love all of them. Um, Which, what, what was your favorite? Oh, I liked the bolster pillow. I just that was I just love that shape in general. The honeycomb bolster pillow with the bumblebees. That was really very it looks like something you would see here in Siesta Key on the really expensive homes, but yet I think it would look great in a little rocking chair on a porch too. Oh yeah. That's the dream. I'm a sucker. (laughs) I'm a a sucker for bee motifs anyway. So I think they're timeless. It's like Coco Chanel. Bumblebees and honeycombs. It's the mm-hmm. same thing. Oh, totally. Uh-huh. I wrote down that my favorite was, well, one was that mini, the mini quilt in the hoop. Shiplap. Mm-hmm. That was adorable. That's like a quilt that I could, you know, make right now. I could start, maybe I could start. But my ultimate favorite was the, um, the framed, I believe they're embroidered, the herbs. Oh, um, the botanicals. Yes, yes, those, because green is my favorite color. I have green all over our loft, and I could so see that as something that I would Is that like. because you live in Canada, and you look forward to seeing the color green? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Well, let me tell you about the botanicals. That's a really outside of uh, the box um, project, too. It starts with watercolor paper. (gasps) Did you know? And I don't know. I'm thinking you've heard of that before. Yes, I have. I just, it's, yeah. Well, water, here's an interesting fact you may not know. Some watercolor paper is made from recycled t-shirts. I don't know if you knew that or not. I I did not know that. 
So I don't know what watercolor, but I read that somewhere. So it must be true, right? (laughs) But they put fibers in there. And so it's really a nice organic look. And we fortify the back and strengthen it with some of our amazing products. It's embroidered on. And then we use some little easy tricks with water to get that beautiful um, wavy line. And then it's mounted into a frame of your choice. And they're really pretty. Those are that's one I really want to make for my home as well. Mm-hmm. So it's embroidered on pa- essentially paper, watercolor paper that we that is treated. A- Isn't that cool? I just love all the new techniques that you can even uh, just going through the projects. It just kind of opens up, uh, if I will say, get a whole new box of possibilities. <laughs> <laughs> Let them out of the box. Right? Yeah, just you know, learning about new products too. I always love when I learn about a new product and how to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's always great. Uh, so that's another way that this could just so come, come in handy. Well, I think that's the key for the whole motivation behind the license to create. A lot of us are at home and we can't go into the stores right nope. now, or maybe we're not comfortable going to do these big events. And so we're bringing them to the consumer. And one of the things that I know I personally want to make sure that everybody learns new skills, they're building skills that they can use on their next project. They're not just your easy peasy, you know, in the hoop projects where you stitch it and you're done and your life doesn't change because you didn't learn a new technique that you can put on that quilt or your daughter's um, dress or backpack. So we're really building sewing skills that are going to last the subscribers, I think, for a lifetime. And they're not like grandma used to do. They're fun, like ah. paper and cork and foil and all of those co- shiplap boards. Seriously. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. I'll have to keep that away from my husband. He's an artist and kind of he did build. So I'll be, this is my piece of wood for sewing, not yours to build. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, I have a laser. I could probably send you one. <laughs> and then you can have your own. We'll paint it green. Yes, <laughs> that. <laughs> All right. Well, tell us a little bit more about how people can experience this box. Um, where where can we buy it? How how, mm-hmm. how does this work? All right, you're ready, aren't you, Kate? You're ready to start um, oh, making am. some ship laugh. I love it. So um, we have a website that I think you might have in the link um, when people are listening, if they click on yes. the podcast, and it's license to create RNK, which stands for RNK Distributing. Uh-huh. So license to create um, RNK and that website, I know you guys will have a link, but they can click on that and they can see all of the projects. And then at the bottom of that page, there's a list of participating dealers. So just a shout out to all of our embellished dealers. They can pick up this program and offer this amazing subscription to their customers. And what, Or if you're a store owner and you haven't heard of this, you should be offering this and you can use that same website to find out how you can subscribe in your quilt shop or your store to pick up this amazing program. And um, the box will be shipped to you. But what you guys might not know, Meg and Kate, is all the stores, we give them resources so they can have their own mini events around these projects. And, And it's kind of like a little... Um, club, if you will, a social club. So if the store is offering in-person classes, they're going to have their own events in that store around the license to create box projects, or they're going to offer their own Zoom events. 
that that are no additional cost to the consumer once they they subscribe and get that box then they're going to their own teachers are going to give them tips and tricks on how to create that how to be efficient and that's something that i get to train the teachers in all the shops and that's kind of fun oh yeah so how often will be, there is it a seasonal box so we have a is it spring summer and then um yeah so it- right now that we're launching our very first one and it's the spring um and summer and with that it, you know you've got things to carry to redecorate your home while you're at home you can redecorate your home totally. and then we're going to have an autumn and fall and it'll just kind of be evolving as we go through that so really essentially you could redecorate your home for every season and have everything you just add your own fabric and you're good to go so then everything else comes in the box yes so they're going to get the videos and a big printed binder with all of the directions Uh um, a usb stick that has also the digital version of that Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of people like notebooks so that whole thing is coming as well all of the the consumable products are going to be in there from rnk there's some sampling of our threads come in the box they're going to want to add their own threads to that as well and their own fabric so i would say just really the fabric Fabric is the main thing and your essential sewing tools that most yeah, of us have on perfect. hand. You know, there's no scissors or pens that come in that. And we have a lot of those. Um, I'm sure you guys have a lot too. I have about 60 pair of scissors, I think, because oh, I can never too. find them. <laughs> you know, the more paper I collect, the more scissors I seem to buy. <laughs> I don't know if there's a correlation there or not. Yeah. I was going to ask yeah, if if the fabric was like coming, came in pre-cuts, but I love actually that um, you you do bring your own fabric to it because there's a level of personalization and customization to the projects that you can bring, you know? So I, I love actually how um, you do kind of bring your own fabric and personality to to the projects. Yeah, if, if I supplied the fabric, everything would be hot pink, lime green and black. And you wouldn't like it, Meg, because there's no real green in there. Oh, <laughs> oh no, no, lime, no, lime green would- is Meg's favorite green. Oh, okay. There you go, Meg. Well, I happen to be a fabric designer as well. So I looked, I have about four or five different fabric collections out there. And as I was looking at them today, I'm like, man, I have a lot of pink and green. I I wonder if I should do neutrals. Nah, (laughs) you know, tans and, you know, all those boring colors that I have to mix in. There are plenty of those out there. You you need the people who want to put in the pinks and the greens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the cool things about this program, too, is that we have so many people that want to learn how to use an embroidery software program so they can personalize or customize a name or, you know, make a little poem or grandma's cookie recipe during the holidays. And so they can actually add on an optional subscription to two of our very easy to use software programs called Embellish Maker and Crafting Cut if they own a digital cutter. Oh, and fun. so for just a few dollars a month, they they can add that option into their subscription if they don't already own it. And the good thing is they're going to learn how to use it because I do a video. There's at least 10 videos teaching them how they could merge this design with this design or maybe those little rain boots. Maybe they want them to be chenille with texture and our software with one button click will turn those boots into chenille boots or mylar boots. So that comes, that's an added bonus too. Oh, this all sounds so, so amazing. I Don't you just want to create all these, Kate? <laughs> yes, I totally do. 
Yeah, I want to create. I get to the privilege of editing the directions and working on those. And in the first test launch, I made some of the projects. Um, But we have a a lot of people think I made all the projects. And I wish that was my job to do nothing but make those. But you guys know, like everybody else, real work takes over. So I there are some of them. Some of them are my favorites. And I just can't wait until... I'm done with the the administrative part of it so I can actually redecorate my home. I'm so jealous because all of the designers have already made these and I'm just going, oh, what do I make first? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, I'm so excited to see what you make first. And uh, thank you so much for talking with us about this amazing program. And I will say that I love how the embellish um, license to create it, the logo is on like a license play. I love that play. <laughs> thank you. I, I noticed that. And I love that. Too. Yeah. And did you notice the fabric in the background is pink? Just saying. <gasps> oh, they, yeah. They did fade it a little bit. But anyway, it's really it's really cute. And, you know, I think with this, it just gives the the subscribers license to create learning to sew principles that they can skills they can build on and then at the same time they can redecorate their house everything that you need mm-hmm. yeah all right so we'll have the link in the show notes for everybody who wants to jump and learn more and again yeah thanks so much hope and thank you for listening to the podcast too love that all right. Well, I know I'll be tuning in, listening. I love all the guests that you got, you've had. And like I said, when I sew or piece, I've got your podcast on there listening. So thank you for all you guys are doing for our industry and bringing all these really cool, fun ideas to us and for letting me be on the show today. Oh, thank you so much. For links to everything we talked about in this episode, go to our show notes page at sodaily.com slash sewandtell. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at sewandtellpodcast at goldenpeakmedia.com or visit us on Instagram at sewandtellpod. Answer the sewandtell question, tell us your sojo, or just leave us some feedback. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe on your podcasting platform of choice. And please leave us a review, ideally a good one, because that helps listeners like you find our podcast. And tell your sewing friends about us, too. Thanks for listening, and happy stitching. Sew and Tell is a Sew Daily podcast and produced by Golden Peak Media. It's hosted and produced by Meg Healy, Amanda Carestio, and me, Kate Zeinard. Daisha Clay is our producer. Director of podcasts is Jared Mayer. Tiffany Warble is Director of Content. Kelsey Ratterman handles our marketing. And Andrea Lotz does all things digital. If you'd like more information on sponsoring or advertising on Sew & Tell, go to goldenpeakmedia.com.